Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners, Bob Stapleton here. Today, Joyce and I, we jump into the deep end of the pool and take on the thorny topic of speaking truth to power. This is an important topic, first, because blind spots, they exist in every organization. And when they're left uncovered, they have a huge drag on an organization's success and not to mention the satisfaction of their people. The second reason we're talking about this today is because we see HROD having a primary duty. Matter of fact, it should be in our job descriptions to speak truth to power. So today we're going to be talking about why this topic is so important. We'll talk about those unintended consequences of not confronting the truths on decisions and declarations that we make for an organization. We'll talk about how to increase leadership's perceptibility to hearing uncomfortable truths and also how we provide safety for people in our organization to tell their harsh truths. So HROD, we need to do more of this. This begins through discovery and courageous conversations. Today's podcast begins that conversation. So put on your seatbelts, come in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. Grab your snack. (laughs) Come on in, have a soothing beverage of choice. (laughs) I'll settle for popcorn. Um, Red licorice. Gosh, I love red licorice. It's so bad. Um, We talked today about talking about truth to power as part of the job description or the model of OD, period. It's in there. And I have all kinds of reservations about bringing it up. Somehow uh, it's how to get the organization to see its own truth, Mm. not the OD knight in shining armor come charging in to say, here's what I see. (laughs) <laughs> so that's, and not only that, I'm slightly superior because I see it. Yeah, let me tell you what you're missing. Yes, <laughs> which is part of the job, but you can't like it. Well, and if you're on the receiving end of that message, I'm sure you're going to bristle. Ugh. You know, you're going to steal yourself to, to be able to come back. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. It's really. And also truth, one truth to power, the truth to power. In my team, I often said there were seven sides to any story and they were all true. Mm. So um, what are, uh, let's share some examples of when truth to power might be needed. And then maybe how to do it. So it ranges, uh, because I have one in mind based on a client now where the leader of a 50 person organization is incredibly harsh on himself, yep. but projects it out to everybody else. He wants everybody to work in a frenzy. Um, that's a case where sometimes it needs to be brought out. And when the HR person says, you know, that's a little harsh, he goes, ah, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bad. It's creating almost a hostile work environment. So the person, the head of ODHR, created a conversation 
with the, the top leadership group about their meetings and said, what would make them better? Um, what hurts them? And they talked about, it came up in a gentle, natural way that sometimes they were afraid of the of being chewed out in public. And the person facilitating the meeting had to bring that up carefully, but it was a lot better way of getting that truth begun to be seen than doing a one-on-one, -on -one, trying to correct. So how do you help whatever reality, let's call it a reality that's not seen, I hate truth. Um, the most gentle and effective, don't give up one for the other, way of doing that and keep giving the onus back to the organization to speak its truth. Yeah, you, you know, Joyce, so we, we talked last time about teasing out uh, some of the nuggets in a, in a concrete way. I, I yeah. think you've just hit upon something uh, in that dialogue and conversation and inquiry are great tools to expose or to be able to talk about uh, what is happening. And, and uh, I dare say it's not happening enough in organizations, in companies, in institutions. Did, I had several times where I spoke a truth, oh, this is so bad, that I didn't wanna speak. People handed it to me. Don't do it. My advice is don't do it. Don't be the sacrificial lamb for yeah. um, truth to power that isn't speaking from you. And so it should never be third party. Well, here's what I've heard. Mm -mm. Um, and I really hesitated. I hesitate when it had to do with personal relationships. And there are personal relationships that emerge at work. Why not? We're well-dressed. We smell good. <laughs> We're working on a common project. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so I found that to be very tender because sometimes it had to be mentioned. Yeah. And I had no, had no desire to sit in judgment of a personal relationship. And by the way, this doesn't mean necessarily romantic because friendships also become very exclusionary. I know that I had a best friend that worked with me and I know some of my staff felt left out Yeah, because I always turned to her for deeper conversations or whatever. So, ouch. You know, I, I could go in a lot of different directions based on what you shared, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll start here. Good. So what are, what are the consequences where in an organization, the truth, or at least the inquiry isn't bubbling up uh, to leadership? I don't think we have to look any further than what was on 60 Minutes this past Sunday with Francis Hogan, the whistleblower from Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, who's credible? Is 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 uh, Mark Zuckerberg? Is he credible? Is this whistleblower credible? Uh, but those kind of things happen when there isn't a healthy way to have the kind of dialogue that I 
probably pretty sure that this person tried to have within the organization and then just kind of wrung their hands and said, hey, you know what? Uh, my values are such, I need to put my whole career at risk. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so it's, it takes a lot of courage. I had moments where I thought I was on thin ground, uh, thin ice, and um, I would come home and say, <laughs> I may lose my job. But if you're really coming from a place of helpfulness and not yeah. judgment, it feels different. But um, I'm thinking about, so let's shift from personal relationships that shift a power relationship. That's the issue in a, in a company. But um, getting the truth of the organization known, one time I did at a public utility, which wasn't wildly, I did introduce a lot of dialogue. But one of the most effective was I had a town meeting and uh, I had a, a new CEO. And I said, you're not gonna do anything but stand up in front and receive information. And it was exactly like a small town meeting in a city. People came up and took the mic. And I said, what do you want this CEO to know that you think he doesn't? What do you think he needs to hear that he isn't hearing? And he, had, he could not make any response. No response. So, which was great because he had to only absorb, not justify or anything. And I, this was 200 people and it went on for three hours. We finally said, we'll have to do this again. <laughs> um, and that was the highest rated meeting that I ever had. I mean, the people who spoke just came up and said, well, you don't realize, but coming out in the snow in the middle of the night and is, um, doesn't get enough glory or whatever. Um, so there's two, there's two key. Get the organization to do its jobs. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just going to say there's two conditions that, that were present in your example. The one is one that we've already discussed, and that is getting the right people in the room and engage them in dialogue by asking the kind of questions that you did. Yeah. Um, I, I think the second is and you've talked an awful lot about this. When you have a challenge, when you have a dilemma, in this case, telling truth to power, take it to the people mm -hmm. and set up a circumstance, uh, once again, through the questions he asked, to have them uh, feel safe and free to tell their truth. Which is pretty good about organizational issues. That's why I want to sort of sidestep the interpersonal. Yeah. Um, and I do say it's a very different role for an outside OD person than inside. Yeah. What, one of the, um, so I'm going to take it. Less at risk. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take uh, what I think is a common truth that doesn't bubble up. And oftentimes it revolves around a decision that management or leadership makes or a declaration that they mm -hmm. make that starting tomorrow, we must, and then fill in the blank. And, and typically my experience is there are always unintended consequences. Yeah. Uh, the one that comes quick to mind in the grocery business is uh, payroll is just tight, 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 tight. Profitability is measured in pennies mm -hmm. and, and payroll labor, uh, the expense of our employees is the largest expense. So we'll essentially tell people no overtime. 
Okay, we want no overtime this week. And an unintended consequence is that people end up working off the clock. And then they go to uh, the local authorities and say, you know what, there's a lot of us working off the clock. So it's something that everyone knows that is in any position of power that it's happening, but no one's speaking to it. I mean, that's, is, I mean, to me, there's yeah. come up with all kinds of examples around the, the inability of the unintended consequences of decisions and declarations that don't bubble up to the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what's helpful with that? I think, I think one thing is in meetings, at least, you know, how we, this is so essential, almost trite for OD practitioners, but is that setting of norms. Yeah. And that just setting them and go, okay, we're good for the meeting, but keep coming back to them and saying, are we living up to those norms? Or bringing in an assessment. There are great little team assessments. Like, do I feel a part of it? Do I feel heard? Do I have agency? Do I trust my um, associates? Those are incredibly helpful to bring out, get the sliver out um, <laughs> in a way that's more objective. Yeah. And, and also if it doesn't come out, when you work inside an organization, I used to have a gazillion conversations about, hmm, in that meeting, I know there's this unrest, why didn't you bring it up, blah, 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 or just, I did a lot of preparation yep. for telling harsh truths, having them come from the organization rather than me. Yeah. You can hear people in our pauses that this is a, a tricky topic. It is, because where my head went, and you talked about it a little earlier, if, if you have a leader who's resistant or uh, proactively discouraging through their behavior, uh, to me that you can do all the things that we've talked about and it's still a showstopper. Yeah, you've got to uh, soften the receptivity. Yeah, you really do. And that's so you've got to come up with ideas and of how to do that and the importance of doing it. And that's where I would be more blunt. But the internal OD person can build up a lot of trust. I worked really hard not to breach any confidentiality. And that's not easy. It's not easy. Because you could, uh, you know, betray a little dab here, a little dab there that would really move things forward, not just the gossip level. Yeah. You know, there's also an element of humility in a leader. Yeah. Chances are when you're hearing a truth or what's really going on here, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And <laughs> you're, you're yeah. you know, your first reaction may be to, to squash. What I have found is, that typically upon reflection, uh, those truths that are passed on are so valuable. So there's a little bit of self-management as a leader where oh, very much, yeah. you have to kind of, you almost have to ignore those first kind of irritation responses that you may have. And it's hard. I, I've done it. I've, I've closed down rooms when someone slaps me in the face with, hey, you're not seeing this. 
uh-huh. uh, you know, so it's tough. It's hard to go toward it. I'm thinking of a innovative top leader uh, three-day event that I was running um, and had somebody just say, this is bull. This is just not worth anything. And I remember, you know, taking a deep breath and here's the thing going with the resistance. Yeah. They have a right to resist, go with that resistance. So I said, well, let's do a spot check about that. I don't want to keep doing this if I have 100 people that think this is bull. So I said, um, I'm going to divide you into groups and, and tell me, uh, yes, it is bull. And here's what we need to do to change it. And why don't we start with that? Yeah. You know and- but it's that moment where you go, oh, sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Uh, and, and this is a tough one, but sometimes leadership uh, has to excuse themselves from the room. I, yeah. I remember a circumstance one time where I was leading a, 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 a leadership. So we had all the salary people in the room yep. and we were looking at our culture and exposing some yep. of our blind spots and sacred cows. And it was flat. So we're there the first hour. I'm doing all these exercises and sweating and nothing was coming up. Next thing you know, I get a note passed to me. Mm-hmm. Get them out of the room. Mm-hmm. So I did a break, a timeout. Yeah. Uh, and I asked the leadership group to, to leave the room. Yep. And oh boy, the floodgates opened up. But I, I got a lot of pushback. Well, wait a minute. It's our meeting. We, we're, we're yeah. nice. we can take it. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know what they can They can't give it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough topic. Hey, let me ask you this. We talk a lot about culture. You know, if you're trying to embrace a culture where the truth becomes uh, flows easier and becomes more impactful uh, in terms of what's really going on here, what may be some of the attributes of that culture? <laughs> You stinker. I'm Uh, trying to get us out of the quagmire. So, well, you know, (laughs) this is a quagmire topic. They do value learning. Okay. Value learning. Yeah. So they do value input. They, it does ask for feedback. It is non punitive. It's an organization that isn't punitive. That doesn't mean it's necessarily nice. I'm thinking of a different hard hitting company that is big on feedback and stuff, but it's brusque with it. <laughs> so, you know, it's part of their culture. Um, I, it needs HROD people who don't think they're right, but who yeah. wanna be effective, who are caring about the effectiveness of the organization. And it has many channels for uh, bringing things to the surface before they get dramatic. And also even things like uh, bringing new possibilities to the surface. So it's um, eager to win and therefore eager to learn. And you've created enough of an environment where they've had feedback and learning that hasn't damaged them. Who wants to learn something that damages you? No, no. You know, I I had uh, a peer uh, and uh, I'll just use her first name, Carol, uh, she, she used to have a wonderful uh, expression about whether it's a performance review, whether it's a difficult conversation, is she used to say, uh, hold them 
while you hold them uh, accountable. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and I mean, it's, it's a little bit choppy, but it's the sense of, you know, maintaining their dignity, uh, separating the issue from the person and gently, uh, but bravely uh, to make your point. And if I think about why so many performance appraisal processes don't work, it's because the truth never bubbles uh, in the conversation. And another suggestion, because I've had this on all the review things I've ever designed and written is, tell me what I do to make your work difficult. Yeah. And tell me what I can do to accelerate it to where you want to go and to end with that. And um, it's amazing how people who've been sitting on something and while you've been talking back and forth will bring up a real gnarly topic. So you're, and, and I have one chapter in my book that I'll finish someday. It's called, It's Your Task to Ask. When you carry the power, it's your task to ask. Yeah. And ask and ask and find every kind of way to do that. So that reality, and let's not call it truth, organizational reality can be brought to light so that it can be changed to be more effective and everybody get more money, be happy, enjoy your colleagues, have a community. That's another topic we can talk about. I loved working within a community. Well, it would not be that great outside because you can do so much conversation, side conversations easily. Uh, I, um, you said something just now, you know, you talked about asking the right questions. Uh, what, what am I doing that's, that's getting in your way? What can I do to help uh, move mm-hmm. things along? There's a cadence to keeping those kind of questions uh, front and center in every conversation. I, the example I have, and I know you work for utility, I was working with uh, utility consulting and I got into the habit, every meeting starts with everyone asking about safety in their location. So the meeting, I wanna get to the topic, they're, they're paying me to be there. Yeah. If there's four locations uh, on the phone or uh, on Zoom, they're saying, uh, okay, Charlotte, uh, you know, have you checked all the protocols to make sure that you have a safe uh, environment? And uh, I learned over time what, what a powerful way of reinforcing safety in the workplace. Every meeting started that way. So it's kind of an extreme, but I'm saying why not create, uh, whether it's a small group meeting or a large group meeting, this kind of cadence of asking a couple of powerful questions that will give people the safety to, to tell their truth. Well, and you can ask powerful questions, but if the safety isn't there, and no. sometimes sometimes you are the safety oh, yeah. because they know that you, you'll take it yeah. and reform it, or you'll take the blows. Yeah. But, um, I'm thinking about a time where I had um, a team. It was just, so, I was so, it was such a lazy event for me. All I had to do is keep the time and they had a questionnaire <laughs> to follow up. But every person met with every other person to say, tell me what my goals are. I want to know if you know what I'm trying to do strategically. This was a top level group. And then if they didn't, they'd talk about that. Now, um, tell me what I do that works against you doing that. Tell me how I can really accelerate that. And finally, 
tell me what I do, what I can do that we can work together more easily. It cleaned so much gunk yeah. out of that team. First of all, they were not talking in front of their colleagues. So you just kept working those conversations until everybody had talked with everybody else. Uh, and the last question was, what would you suggest for my development? And then they came back as a team and looked at what did you learn about what you need to do for your own development and for the good of the company? It was great. And a lot of truth came out. I was going to say, that's pretty powerful. It was, you know, the design worked. I didn't. I went, come back to the room, change time to dance with somebody else. But it was very, uh, I thought it might be a throwaway, honestly. No, no. I mean, that sounds powerful. It, you know, it it's great. The, the one um, thought uh, before we end, I, I wanted to, to share was, so often there are indicators in the environment, in the workplace that would tell you whether the truth is open and free and expressed uh, versus not. And the example I have is uh, oftentimes I'd be brought in after the company's done an employee uh, satisfaction survey. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would do is I would run small group meetings five to 10 people yeah. and, and kind of share the results and try to get into a deeper understanding and get their ideas uh, to improve uh, or to be able to tell management. And if I get pushback from all the bosses saying none of my people want to go, which happened, <laughs> I, I, I would always uh, come say that is ding, a ding, huge ding, data ding. point. Yes. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. So yeah. I, th that's just one example, but I think that as an HROD professional, I think creating this mindset of understanding that there are a lot of data points out there, some slap you in the face, but others um, are, are kind of invisible. Right. Um, I had a point to make, and darn if I can remember it. Oh, what, just at first, when there's been a lot of fear in an organization, Frequently, the OD person does have to carry the message from groups, from teams, from individuals. Yeah. But the goal you want to get to is setting up processes for uh, what's off-center can emerge yeah. and creating an ability for the organizational, for the people to be able to talk to one another about tough topics with yeah. more ease. Wow. And you know, it's, it's interesting whether you're an individual uh, in HROD that feels that you're putting your career on the line or your job yeah. on the line, yeah. or whether you're an hourly person in, uh, on the production floor that, that resists or doesn't want to go to that dang listening session. In almost both examples, uh, the outcome is usually much more positive. Uh, you know, because you and I kind of went back and forth. Neither one of us ever lost our job from telling the truth. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But I've had so many opportunities in working with hourly associates that, that kind of came in a little bit uh, anxious uh, or were kind of resisting it. Mm -hmm. And they say, boy, this was really good. I'm glad I came. So I don't know where to go with it. Only to say uh, telling the truth in an organization, if done well, uh, doesn't hurt as much as you might anticipate. I 
don't know if that's what I want to end on. Well, no, I don't want you end it because we're we're at time. I know, I know. Don't end it with that. Come up with a brilliant close. Oh, I can't. Um, let the truth emerge, help it emerge. Don't force it to emerge. Don't give up. <laughs> but it's kind of that hold them be the and create a, an atmosphere where all voices can be heard yeah. and start gentle, start gentle and build. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, and I think we need to come back to this topic. Okay. I think it, maybe it's a up. big one. And yeah. And, um, yeah. So with the promise of continuing the dialogue, I think we can feel that we're complete. I'm complete with being incomplete. <laughs> and so am I. Say goodbye, <laughs> Joyce. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcasts. Until the next time. Be well and be safe.